Welcome to Real Weddings with Sarah. I'm Sarah Kennedy from Irish Wedding Blog, one of Ireland's leading sources for wedding inspiration, advice and support. Real Weddings with Sarah brings you an inside snoop of some of Ireland's best-loved personalities and celebrity weddings. Join me as I indulge on all of the wedding goss. joined by Ireland's leading lady in creativity. I'm a huge, huge fan. Shupi Sweetman is an international jewellery designer and a favourite for many brides and grooms across the globe, not just Ireland, the globe. Her work is incredible and so distinct. Every piece tells a story. She's a new mum and still running her empire. She's a force to be reckoned with and I'm thrilled to have her here today to take a trip down memory lane to tell us all about her. Not one, not two, not three, but five day wedding. Chupi, you're so welcome. Sarah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. How did you and Brian meet? Oh my gosh. So, um, Brian, I, I always, it's the most Irish story ever. And whenever, you know, you were so sweet and talking about that international piece and for the, for my business, Chupi, which we show all over the world and, you know, we're in New York or we're in London or wherever. And I'm like, you know, people ask me that question because with Chupi, we're always about love. And I have to tell the story and be like, okay, so this is the most Irish story ever. We met at a, a first Holy Communion. No, <laughs> <laughs> the romance of it. <laughs> oh, like, honestly, at a communion. It just sounds completely bonkers. So it was um, my uh, my brother's, little brother's best friend um, was cousins with Brian. And so someone decided that we would be, the most Irish way ever, decided we'd be perfect together, set right. us up. And uh, we were at this, at the communion. And at the after, at the afters of the communion in a pub, of course, as it should be. And I was 16 and Brian was 17. And I tried talking to him during the day, just as you do. I was really chatty. I was a kid. I was a really chatty kid. And he kind of didn't really want to talk to me. And I was like, it's a bit strange. Like, obviously, OK, whatever. It's not a big deal. And then at 11 o'clock at night, having been 17, I suspect he had probably swiped a few a uh, drink or two. He no. came up and asked me, can you Ollie? I was like, can I watch? Can you Ollie? Was, can I Ollie? It was a skateboard, <laughs> a skateboarding yeah. term. So Brian was a totally addicted skateboarder, and his 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 friend had told him that I was I was a skater, but I actually rollerbladed, uh, which was a very very different. If you, and tri, you know, it's tribal Look, as you wheels, are, teenagers. <laughs> I I was I used to skate park, which meant I would skate big ramps. I like I was just a really passionate skater, so I loved loved these huge big ramps. These skate parks in Ireland and I loved skating on ramps uh, that was my my thing when I was 16 and Brian was a skateboarder and so he was he had thought he'd found the love of his life oh, wow. um actually love so we ended up getting chatting having decided that actually it was fine that we both liked different different forms of sport um and then later that night I was going home with my mum in the car and my mum and my brother having finished up with the communion and um Brian uh with Brian and his friends and um, my brother and the cousin were all walking home and Brian uh, went to run across the road and and shouting and then he's shouting Chupi I love you oh, <laughs> and his so friend snatched him back before a car nearly totaled <laughs> what was going to be a, an amazing love affair so yeah we we um and we we started going out just afterwards and yeah have been together we were 20 years together in April Oh my God, 20 years. Yeah, I, I'm 36. So we've been together since we were, since we were babies, wow. since we were 16. 
And and how long yeah. was it? So obviously, you, you know, you met when you were 16, he was 17. So like you obviously, you, you've both grown up together and you're still growing together. But yeah. but when was it that, when did you get, when did you get engaged and decide that you were going to get married? Oh my gosh, we took the scenic route to that. So um, I, uh, so my folks are divorced. And so I'm actually a really unlikely candidate for perfect love and romance. And I, and I remember, I remember telling Brian that, but I, you know, I didn't really believe in love and, and I didn't believe in love in that sense of that you had to fall in love with someone and had to stay with them. And I didn't believe in marriage. And, and um, yeah, it, it took him 10 years, but he eventually managed to convince me. And um, we were in, so we were in Montpellier in the South France. Beautiful. And we'd arrived in, we'd been down, the, yeah, it was oh, the most beautiful part of the world. We'd been down in Barcelona back when we could travel in those days. And we'd been down in Barcelona for a few days and taken the train into Montpellier. And we arrived in and Brian kept trying to convince me to go to the Botanic Gardens. We were 26. This was 10 years after we'd met. And I couldn't figure out why he was like so keen. I couldn't. And I was like, why? I was like, no, I want to curl up in the sunshine and read my book. Don't worry, it's fine. And he wants to go see a botanical and, garden. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, God, there's something really weird here. Whatever. Anyway, I got it. So the whole day, he spent the full day trying to get me to go to various things and do various adventures. And I kept putting him off and being like, no, no, don't be ridiculous. And eventually... He convinced me to go out for dinner and I love eating. I'm a really passionate eater. And um, so he convinced me to go out to this one of our favorite restaurants there and convinced me. And then walking home through the, the park after dinner that night. And it was so romantic. He got down on one knee and he pulled my ring out of his shirt pocket. I remember there being no box. I remember just thinking it was so and he it was amazing. It was the perfect proposal. So, yeah, 26 when we got engaged. And also for me, a, a huge moment because I, I just remember I remember, like, we'd long decided we were going to spend our lives together. Yeah. Um, I don't think marriage wasn't, uh, like, uh, from maybe about a month after meeting, we decided that that was it and we were going to spend our lives together. At but the age of 16, I, you just knew. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Just, um, yeah, just decided that, yeah, we were we were good for yeah, each other. Yeah, that you just, you just knew it. And were there bumps yeah. in the road? Because you think about going off to college, oh all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yes. Like, and, and, you know, it's, oh, it's like, the wild years. Like, did, where, did you remain solid through that whole thing or were there the, time apart? The, in the year we met, Brian would have been just doing his leaving cert and he was heading off to, he'd been accepted to do fine art down in Galway. And I was in fifth year and he he decided, obviously, did not go to Galway because it would have been so far away. I lived in Wicklow and he lived in Kildare at the time and it would have meant um, complete separation. So he ended up doing computer science, uh, skipping, <laughs> skipping a year, taking a year out and doing, so like completely different career path which has actually served him so well he's he's got both those things he's got art and and science and computers so it's a really good mix and right. um, but no we oh no we we fight we are 100 percent. we're both the eldest we're eldest child in our family we're both really opinionated we both have really really strong opinions but um I think my mum is really sweet she always says that we're really equal you know yeah. that we treat each other really equally so we argue really passionately and yeah my god we've we've had all of those moments but we've just had them together and yeah, I think that underlying belief and decision that we were going to spend our lives together got us through those days when it felt, you know, when we were having, you know, those tempestuous teen years and those, you know, in your 20s when you're much more, you know, someone says something and you're like, the world is going to end. Whereas it's so different in your 30s, you know, you're much more level. But I think we just had this underlying decision that we were going to make it work. Yeah, irrespective yeah, of, of where you are, you just always knew yeah. that, look, this is at the end of the day, the foundations are right. So all this madness can exactly. go on at the top. Yeah. But we're still solid. I love that. Yeah. And and that led you anyway. So at 26, you got engaged. How long was it yeah. before you actually got married and had the <laughs> wedding day? 
well so um getting engaged was far bigger than just just the engagement and the marriage was huge but I I remember wearing my engagement ring for the first time really profoundly because I hadn't you know I was six you know I was 16 when we met I was 26 when we got engaged I didn't really own serious jewelry yeah. you know I didn't have any any fancy pieces but and I remember wearing my engagement ring for the first time and just really thinking I own a piece of the future. This is like nothing else. Like one day my daughter is going to own this ring and her daughter and it's going to pass on down our family. And I, we had no plans for babies or anything that stage. That's 10 years ago. But I I had this really profound moment. And at the time I was working for a huge high street brand as a designer and I loved it. Like I had on paper the most perfect job in the whole world. I'd been scouted out of uni when I was 21 to go design for them. I'd been with them five years and I loved it. But I was very much working in fast fashion, you know, making things that you wear once and throw away. Yeah. And that's kind of sold the story. You know, I can after imagine, a while, of course. Yeah. And, you know, fast fashion, like a lot has happened in the last 15 years since I started working in fast fashion. But at the time I knew I knew I wasn't happy. And I remember wearing my engagement ring. And I think I hope so many of your brides will identify that with that just of like the magic of it. It's and just the symbolism it's amazing. Of it. and, yeah. And it's so timeless. And I just thought I came home from that trip and I was like, oh, I, I think I I think I want to go and change my whole career. I want to go do something different. So I retrained as a goldsmith and started the Inklings of Tupi then. That's, so it's going to be our proper 10-year anniversary next year for the business. And so wow. I quit my job. <laughs> so like, poor Brian probably thought, like, so you know, getting engaged and we'll get married. And I, I guess I really looked at my life and I thought... Um, We'd no babies, we'd no home, we'd no, we'd nothing, we'd nothing we had to be responsible for other than ourselves. And I thought if I'm going to start over, I want to do it now while I'm still, while it still feels like, you know, because I'm yeah, literally well, taking everything away around. with it, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And like burning it to the ground and starting again. And I thought, okay, well, let's do it. And so we, um, yeah, I, I went and I like I, I worked really bloody hard to save enough money. And then I quit and I started cheapy and started making jewellery. So it meant that actually, um, instead of, I, I think our poor, by the time we actually got married four years later, <laughs> I, yeah. our poor friends and family had 100% despaired of us ever, ever doing it. They were just yeah. like... And I, so because I went off on this other route with GP and I fell in love with the business. And then we just woke up one January and that was in 2014 and went, actually, I feel like we probably ought to get married this year. Like we're actually we're just taking let's just been do together. It. Yeah. yeah, we've been together 14 years. We should probably just like get we should on give the people the day married. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like at this stage, we definitely need to. And you went, you opted not, as I was saying in your introduction, you went, you went whole hog. You indulged. Oh, yeah. So all that time waited, you made up for it with a five-day wedding. Like, how do you even put that into a wedding invitation and explain it? Tell us about the day. Well, it sounds sounds really extravagant, and and it was in loads of ways. But I think for us, it was really about... So a huge part of Brian proposing and I think me being really ready to... And it was basically deciding to get married together and having that moment was... um, We'd lost a really dear friend, and it was... It was heartbreaking. Um, it was like, yeah, one of the worst things that had happened to us. And it, it made us both realize that there's very few times in your life you get everyone you love in one room. Of course. You know, to get everyone you love together, to have those moments to celebrate, you know, it's like births, deaths and marriages. And sometimes and that, that room when you look out, you know, it's like, even though you've all of these people in front amazing. of you, sometimes it's the people that aren't there that kind of yeah. sit with you the most on Usually. that day. Yeah. Yeah, and and especially at the moment, you know, I think of all the all of our oh. all of our cheapy brides and grooms who are getting married at this time. It's so intense, and you know, so what you imagined your day would look like and what it's looking like are so different. 
I, I think it helped that I didn't really, I never, I, it's really funny given what I do, which is about love and magic. Um, I didn't really, I hadn't really imagined a wedding day. So we kind of designed it from scratch. And the big fight, fight point, of course, was the guest list. Of course. You know, yes. Everyone has opinions. And so we were really trying to, trying to think in like both of our, our parents are all from really big families and that, you know, everyone has expectations on what that should look like. And but we were we were 14 years together so we were pretty sure we knew what we wanted yeah so we basically had a rule which is actually my number one tip for weddings is figure out what figure out what your guidelines for your guest list not who you have to invite but why they're there so it's not about oh I have to invite auntie so-and-so and and then that means uncle so-and-so and and then the cousins and then my parents neighbors and no it's like what does it mean to have those people in the room so for us it was, would you call them at two in the morning with good news or bad news? So if you needed help, would you ring them at two? Or but equally, if you had amazing life changing news, would you call them? You know, like who are the people? That is such you a good text? standard. Yes. Oh, it was something so like, who did you know, who did I text the day after Aya, our little baby, arrived into the world? You know, wh- who are those people? And it was just really thinking about who are your tribe? Mm-hmm. And so it meant that on our wedding day, we had 84 people, which, which is again, you know, talking yeah, about the international piece. Yeah, it's, it's tiny. It's, it's tiny in, in the scale of it. Yeah, it's yeah. a small wedding. But, yeah. But it's but like only by Irish standards, you know, because it's in most countries, you know, like, OK, 50 people, 100 people. And I say to you, Lona, we did a tiny wedding. You know, we did a tiny we did 84 people. And it's really funny you know, if I'm being interviewed by an international journalist. I'll be like, uh, what? 84 is huge. <laughs> but for us, it was, yeah, it was, it was it quality. Was really <laughs> yeah, it Not was amazing. Quantity. And so it meant that we staged it over a couple of days so we we had a really had a cool, really cool venue and it meant that um so on the first day it was just our families and our best friends and then the kind of you know our second gang of friends were able to come down on the Friday then and then we got married on Saturday with everyone and that was magical and then some of the guys stayed on on Sunday and we had like we lit a fire <laughs> like my mum um frying pizza in the pan oh, over the open fire it. and like not being able to find the corkscrew so Andy one of our friends having to have you, have you ever um taken a corkscrew out of a taken a cork out of a bottle of wine using a shoe it's so well that's honestly. a new one that's a new one it's life skill I think <laughs> skills you didn't need to know you things, needed to have there's things that you just need to know and I think that's oh. one of them 100% and then on the Monday just the last of them and that that big brunch because because we wanted we'd you know as most people do friends coming from all over the world and so it was just really special it meant that we had moments with everyone yeah of it, course it goes yeah. so quickly it does. and the, the day is a, it's a blip it's over in a second an absolute blur now it's that time of the podcast for cool finds Cool Finds is where I share with you some cool finds that I have spotted in the wedding industry. Producer Ruth, will you join me on my Cool Finds quest? I surely will. Ruth, how do you feel about chocolate? I feel about it all the time. You've got all the feels? I've got all the feels for chocolate. What do you think about crepes? I'm equally, uh, maybe a little bit more into uh, crepes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can do savoury and sweet. And what about a kebab? I'm I'm also maybe there as well in terms of enjoyment. Uh, I put them all maybe in the top five. Well, I've got something for you. Okay. And it's a cool find. Yes. Okay. I want you to visualise yourself. Mm-hmm. 3 a.m. You've just left the village. Yeah. And you're bustling down Georgia Street. Bustled, yeah. And you're going by that lamb kebab shop. I am. And you see the lamb and it's just rotating. Mm. And you're going, love a bit of that. I'd love a bit of that. So now I want you to think about this a little bit differently. I want you to visualise that lamb is now a mixture 
dark milk and white chocolate oh. spiraling around. Yes. Getting all these little chocolate shavings. Oh. Yeah. Oh, chocolate kebab. Chocolate kebabs. You can have a chocolate kebab station oh. at your wedding and you put them and sprinkle the goodness into crepes. Ah, now. Yes. Top five all delivered all in one. I'm telling you. That's a fantastic idea. Well, Carolyn Sweets have launched a package and it is a chocolate kebab station. They bring in the rotisserie and they scrape down those bad boys, fill them up in piping hot crepes and then you can add in strawberries, cream, mm. whatever you want. Oh, what a great idea. I know. Ruth, would you agree that that's a cool find? Oh, it's a cool find. I want it out of my backyard right now. I'm not even having a wedding. Oh, oh that's, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, and it's innovative, it's quirky, it's cool. It's bringing a little bit of the nightlife into it. It is. And you know what? Your guests will remember that. They will. It's it's a, it's a nice little standout, uh, like little section of your exactly. wedding. Exactly. Cute. Yeah. Well, there you go, Ruth. That's a cool find from Carolyn Sweets. I love it. You did a huge amount of DIY in Mount oh, Druid yeah. for your wedding. And <laughs> yeah, and it yeah, seems yeah. like everybody got roped in as well. Like you had the whole crew doing something. Can you tell us uh, about that? Because, I, I, you know, in Mount Druid, you go in, it's a complete blank canvas. So, which was ideal for someone like yourself and Brian, who are quite artistic and, you know, and you really had this sense of ownership of your day and control of it. Tell us about that DIY piece that you did. Oh, I went completely bonkers. I was because uh, I, I love making things and I always do. And what I design, because I'm designing, I'm designing jewelry for Chupi. It's so tiny. You know, I make like tiny little diamonds and really intricate small pieces. And so having 100 acres to work with or whatever the size of the property was, was such fun. I was like, OK, what, you know, the, as you drove down to the chapel, I had huge giant hearts. So the whole driveway down to the chapel was, was set up with these huge big hearts welcoming you in. And wow. then, oh, like I just had the best fun. And then we did all this beautiful bunting and and we did like loads of photo points, I guess, because what I do for work, I'm always thinking about um, installations and experiences. So mm-hmm. I built all these really cool little experiences. Because you know when you're at a friend's wedding and you really want to take a picture and you remember it. And I love the idea of having props like like a little yeah, booth almost that. built in nature yes. so you'd be able to take your shot and then yeah we had so much fun doing it and we uh, one of our dear friends um was a was a lighting engineer so he lit our wedding as his gift to us so it was wow. just magical so he um so it was all like hundreds of candles everywhere so we did the candles in the church and then things like I made um I made our initials so C and B for the back of the chapel so it's pretty cute so all of our friends pictures from the day have like our initials in the background and yeah just little things like that and then we made all our because we were broke getting married as well that's the other thing so we were um cheapy my business was my God, six years ago. So it was only a baby. Like it was in its infancy. Yeah, it was just, starting just three years old. Oh my God, absolutely starting out. And we had no money in the whole world. So we did our whole wedding for, it was about 15 and a half thousand for what? 84 people for the five for days. Five yeah, days? no, like, oh my God, we did it on absolute shoestring. On a shoestring. And, friends, that's a, and I know we're saying 15,000, that's incredible. a lot of money, but like 15,000 oh, to do five days. And even yeah. even now for one day to get a wedding for 15,000 with 84 no. 
you know people oh like our, yeah like our, we, were, we were amazing we we begged borrowed stole bartered our our gang were just absolutely remarkable we had um a friend of ours jason mccarthy did the photos and then another friend shanty Starek did, did photos and then my brother is a filmmaker and he and his partner esme did uh like shot the video and it was just we basically that was just, a huge we were so lucky and then yeah i made our wedding bands and there were so many things about it but and i, I guess, love the yeah. story of your band that you made for for brian yeah. Tell so us I about guess, that. So, I, <laughs> so Brian is really funny. I, ironically, for, for a man married to a goldsmith, he isn't that interested in jewellery. And like, he's very traditional. He's just, he was like, yeah. Brian, he's like, I don't know if I want a ring. And I was like, of course, you know, you don't have to have one. And then he was like, maybe I'd like a ring made from dinosaur bone. He'd read an article online on Reddit or something. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, dinosaur bone. Yeah, absolutely, babe. And then he was like, maybe titanium. And I was like, absolutely. But titanium can only be machine made. So it's not normally made by hand. So I was like, okay, of course. And then eventually he was like, yeah, maybe gold. Gold would be good. (laughs) So he's completely pivoted. He's lost the run of himself. (laughs) 100%. And so we... I really wanted something you know it's really hard I think designing something for yourself because you I knew I was going to look at it so I I actually because I'd come from a fashion background I thought about making my wedding dress but uh, I just realized that I would have a nervous breakdown I'd literally be sitting there on the day looking at the seams being like that is a bad seam so I ended up getting a gorgeous one in a sample sale in the suite that that I really loved but um, for our rings I was designing and designing and designing in all these versions and then I uh, I found a branch from a hawthorn tree in Kildare which is where Brian is from and it was absolutely beautiful and uh, so I took the bark from the tree to make his ring and the twig from the tree to make my ring and so my wedding band is two twigs that run together so two it's two twigs on the front that become one behind so it's symbolizing that idea that we are two very separate very different people but that we're also one as a unit together and that his is the same bark from the same tree and those those rings those twigs the the twig and the bark ended up they're in every single piece in our whole collection pretty much so every ring I've ever made since thousands of them are all part of that same story and that like a little piece of Ireland I just I love the idea I love this that our our rings came from this place of, of real love and joy and hope and equality as well and and strength and that they're now part of everyone's story I just think it's really amazing that people then choose them yeah so that's really sharing the love important yeah, and I, I loved I loved the connection and hawthorn trees are such a magical thing in Ireland and all of my rings come, all the cheapy ones come with on a twig band. So we you can get your ring on a polished band as well, but the claws are always made from twigs. And this is that idea. So hawthorn trees. Have you ever heard the story of hawthorn trees? No. They're absolutely amazing. So hawthorn trees are fairy trees. So they guard the gateway between the fairy world and the real world. And whether you believe in fairies or not, which I'm not sure I believe in fairies. But there's fairy forts but all I, over Ireland. And there are, you, you yes. do hear the stories of people building houses on fairy forts and having lots of bad luck. And like, so still so today, there's something out there. Honestly, and that's why you can't cut down a hawthorn tree. So it's actually, it's really bad luck. So people, they would build roads around hawthorn trees. If there's a hawthorn tree on your property, you'd build your house beside it, not over it. Because they're the fairy trees, if you hurt the tree, the fairies will be cross. But you can take wood from a fallen tree. And so the wood I took was from a fallen hawthorn tree. And then the fairies are fine. And I love that idea of that Ireland still has 
there's a wonderful quote by a Japanese writer that says Ireland is the last place in the world where magic still exists and I think that's just so special that we live in a country that roots its roads around fairy trees around magic exactly (laughs) like imagine trying to explain that in another country say no the fairies will get you like yeah yeah, no no, no, you you don't don't touch that tree will not accept that yeah and (laughs) I think there's something really special about it yeah I love it and 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 Shubi tell me you took on an awful lot and as you said you were going to make your wedding dress you were really you know you were really in control of of, of the day and you were thinking of all the little details and it's you know it's hard when it's your own when you're doing it for somebody else and you're an event planner you know these things come quite naturally because you can you can eject yourself a little bit but yeah what was the biggest stress for you in the lead up or did you get stressed um I think I wasn't stressed in the lead up I think I was pretty relaxed because I'd like I love a good spreadsheet I had it all planned everything was lined up I really it all it all felt like it was totally working but um I remember the day before setting up and we were like all of my big mad plans that I made and I was trying to set them up all around all around the property and I was getting a bit getting a bit stressed we were in the trap in the chapel dressing it and um my friend Sophie and Liz came and basically staged an intervention and took they were like okay you know like you're a bit stressed maybe you should just go take a little break and I was like I'm fine I'm fine I just want to get this done I need to get this right and I guess I was in planning mode I wasn't in bride mode and and I I think that is so true for so many of us because we have you know once you've got your Pinterest board and your vision and everything you want to do you kind of have to remember to step back and actually just enjoy it and, and so they delegate. basically and like I'm I, I'm really I'm, I'm a shorty so I'm like five five and and the girls are both really tall so they're both over six foot so they basically just picked me up took me alarm under each other I told her took me away fed me limoncello and put me to bed for an hour. <laughs> 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 just so sweet. just what the really doctor what I needed. ordered. Yeah, yeah I just limoncello. needed someone to take me out of it and take me away and, and um, yeah, and help me wind down. So I think that was probably, that was I think that's probably, yeah, often for brides, and I, I think we see it with our brides too, it's the final couple of days yeah. where you, th- you know, there's so much you can't organise right until the end. And I think that's And then it all like comes stressful. together and it's everything's yeah. moving and you've a short period of time to get it yeah. right. And I, I know and I, I can relate to that because I had everything in my head and I hadn't quite yeah. factored in delegating to people. So there came a point the day before where I literally had to just yeah. hand over the clipboard to my chief yeah. bridesman. I was like, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm so done. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like, that if was you it. haven't, you know, but isn't that almost so? Um, when I, I was, uh, uh, what did we end up? Bride's lady to one of my best friends when he when he was getting married, and he and his husband, we were literally like in the venue the day the morning of, hand making the origami things that they were gonna. Have. It was just one. Of, we were all laughing about it afterwards. Like if you've not done that for your best mate on the wedding, <laughs> is it even a wedding? <laughs> I've never been at one where you're like, oh no, it's cool and chilled because we all have this. And I, I think it's kind of hard. I don't think you should tell people to just just relax and enjoy it because actually it's work. You can't. You're yeah. I you think. are just you're buzzed and excited, and you you learn all those things differently. And I actually say to keep saying to Brian that I think we should have um, when this is all over, and we because we talked about we were planning on having a, an anniversary for our, a party for our twentieth anniversary in April, and so we we're going to have a big party and celebrate our little girl coming. And obviously everything yeah. being um, sidetracked by COVID, but I do think we're going to go back and do it again. Nothing quite as extravagant as, as our to, five days to, to but renew the vows. Just a celebration, yeah. Of course, just, why just not? To, yeah. And and before you got married, what was your expectation of marriage? Like, what did you think it would bring you that you didn't already have? You know, uh, it's actually a really interesting question in that I didn't think that marriage would change who we were or, who we, you know, how we related or a relationship. It was actually a lot to do with how society perceives you. 
mm-hmm. that I um and I think that was something that was really important to both of us that we had decided to spend our lives together and we were you know we were so committed but we were also very young when we fell in love so I think we spent a lot of time kind of justifying our relationship and being like no no we're, we are together and we're staying together and you know no we're not going to change our minds and you know no it's not like you know it's of course you can fall in love with your first love and stay in love with them and so I think for us and for me marriage was about that kind of official seal of approval being like okay. no don't worry we've made that decision and we're doing it and it's yeah. not um we're really committing to it I think that was yeah it was about the it's, way it's, the world it's really the not necessarily it. the bureaucracy of it but it's really just I suppose the 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 statement of it it's that completely you know yeah. this is the public statement that we are officially <laughs> even yeah, though you know um, yeah. whatever about the last 15 years to that point yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. we are officially together and we're not going well, anywhere it's funny you know people do still feel like that there is sort of a, a still a slight lack of just like a little bit of anxiety if you haven't quite committed are you or aren't you and also I think like so marriage felt really important but the celebration of our lives and the people we loved um was was just something that was so important I, I remember standing in the chapel and we um I'm not religious and certain Brian isn't either so we had a humanist ceremony yeah. and that was actually one of the things that had held us off for so long was humanist ceremonies only became legal quite recently that's right yeah remember they weren't yeah. they weren't legally binding so you could have a humanist wedding but you weren't actually married you, you had then to had go to back have in the reg- into the registry office yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely bonkers. So we were one of the very early because it only happened. That's partly why we told off. So it only happened in 2014 to kind of just I think it just started happening. And so we had a humanist ceremony. And I remember standing in the chapel with everyone in the room and just thinking it actually it wouldn't matter if the world ended right now because everyone I love is in this room. If everything stopped outside, yeah. everyone I love is here. And that was just like that was just incredible. That's, that's that was one a of the defining most amazing moment. feelings. Yes. Oh, we did course. one thing, which actually is my my most important wedding day tip, which is we friends told me about it, and I can't remember which friend, but we took half an hour after. So we'd gotten married, we'd had our drinks reception, everyone was in the barn, dinner had kind of dinner was was just about to be served, and Brian and I went to took half an hour and sat up on the little hill, and we just took half an hour, just the two of us, and just enjoyed the just like sat there just and see we did each other it. and we're married and we're in love and like everyone is here and you know to have the moments of going oh my god did you see the guys are here you know they came they came all the way and did you see what so-and-so is wearing and like oh my god how cute does Luca look in his bowler hat and just like really yeah you know just celebrating and connecting and that half an hour was so precious and I've told everyone I know ever since to do it just take and not everyone out. Because you don't, you feel under pressure to talk and think. And I was just like, no, get that time. And I, I think, I guess everyone's, everyone's moments are really different. So for me, it was the moment standing in the chapel. It was the half an hour on the hill. And then it was the photographs. So we had, we had two photographers, which sounds so decadent, and, um, and a videographer. And it, it was, it sounds outrageous given how little we spent in our wedding, but they were friends and, and, and favours. But it meant that we have this amazing document of all these moments, moments that I missed and moments that I never thought we'd have. Like I have this photograph of my mum and I and my mum is there in her Zara suit, Zara, white Zara trouser suit from eBay. That. that was 50 quid. And um, just she and I connecting, just having this moment talking to each other before I walk into the chapel. And like it's, it's I love it. you know, a photograph I'll treasure for the rest of my life that I will have of the two of us. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. So that's, 
so I, I think it's the one it's the one thing I always say is it's going to go so fast have someone have those with moments you document and document it. It. Yeah. of course yeah and and I suppose you know all these beautiful moments and it's such an amazing day but look you know married life and you know I suppose in terms of of relationships you know you've been there you've been there together since since you're 16 so no doubt yeah. you've had some huge hurdles but what do you believe are the biggest hurdles of married life Okay, that's ooh, that's a really good question. The biggest hurdles in married life. Um, I think being truly honest about what you want, you know, mm-hmm. about being able to say what you really want, you know, what you want from life. Like this is not a dress rehearsal. We get one precious life and we need to figure out what makes us happy. And it's so different for everyone. Like what, what, what makes you really happy? Mm-hmm. For me, I, I love what I do really passionately. I would find it very hard to not to not be able to do that. And so that's something that's really important to me and that Brian would really acknowledge. And, you know, he's really passionate about what he does. And and but for everyone, you know, from the outside, you know, maybe that would be, you know, maybe your thing is you want to maybe you want to move to the countryside and have five dogs and 10 children. And that's yeah. what you really want. But your partner wants an urban city life. You have to, I guess it's figuring out what you really want and aligning on it. I do feel it's it's that really making sure you both, you both, you don't have to want the same thing, but you need to be really, you need to figure out what you want. I actually think that's the most important thing in life is figuring out what you really want, not what you think you should want. Yeah. And not what society or your mom or your auntie or your cousin or your best friend wants, because we all want different things. We all need to figure out what makes truly happy and then I think with your partner it's making sure that you both are aligned and and that will look different you know it's not that every year is perfect or that every you know period is perfect but it's so when I said to Brian that I wanted to quit my job and start a brand new company and with TPN that I was like no I have this big dream and and it's going to go and change the world the fact that he was able to go yeah okay yeah and believe you and back you yeah yeah like it meant you know it's a huge thing we we that was 26 when we got engaged we only bought our first home last year so it took nine years you know when we should have been very sensibly saving for a house and doing responsible adult things yeah and you could have been in your job still doing climbing the fast fashion ladder and being underneath it all you could have been fine but deep rootedly unhappy because you're not where you want to be and to have someone who um who will allow you to breathe and do these things for yourselves because sometimes when we are in a couple we're too busy you know not wanting to upset the other person that we don't take the big risks so absolutely you know that's the biggest component of teamwork and understanding is is letting someone be what they want to be it's a huge huge piece I said to Brian in our wedding vows that I would be so we wrote our own vows and uh, which was a, a really wonderful thing I'm so glad we got to and I said to him I would be his best friend and his fiercest what did you mean by fierce as opponent his best friend like we are we are absolutely um we're you know we're such good friends but also I'm going to be the person who really questions him and asks him and gets him to you know be the best version of himself he can be and that's what I want from him as well of course I want to feel like you know, I, I I don't want to be bored or phoning it in. I want to be with with someone who really challenges me, and someone who adores life. me, of course. Yeah, and someone who challenges me. <laughs> and and with that, you know, you, you know, with change and compromise and all of those things, there's there's always a conflict. And as you said earlier, you know, you, you do fight. How you, you've grown up together, you're best friends, you're the closest to yeah. each other. How do you overcome conflict? Conflict as a couple? How do you deal with it? Oh, um. I think we've gotten much better at knowing when a fight is important. I think that yeah. I think that's 
huge in that I think when you're younger it's very easy for everything to feel hugely important and hugely emotional and hugely intense but I think we've really learned to recognize when actually we need to need to walk away and need to talk about it and need to sit down when we need to just when it's just you're tired and grumpy and it's been a really long week and you're squabbling over who's you know who's making dinner or yes. you know like whether that was the right thing to do just recognizing that that's just silly and just walking away and but then also seeing when there's something huge and you really need to actually address it mm-hmm. and you know making that time to sit down and talk about it and have those I difficult also, conversations um, in the first place yeah, a lot of people shy hugely. from them because they don't upset the apple cart and so and and also recognizing that we've different forms of communicating so my, I love my therapist had the most wonderful thing she said that some people talk their think and some people think their think right. <laughs> I like, okay I love what that what do you mean but it means that some of us need to talk through what's going on and some of us need to think so if something big happens to you I like to talk about it I want to figure out what's going on and what's happening and how we can deal with this whereas Brian is much more of something Sorry, Sarah, that no, is my little girl, Aya, giving out She's got an opinion. She wants it to be heard. She 100% is having a chat. Um, but I, I love the idea. So some of us, yeah, some of us need to talk about what's going on and what's happening. And then for Brian, he's much, he's very different. He needs to step back and think about it. And just recognising that there's a, we all have different needs and different of ways of communicating. And with, with that, how do you ensure, because, you know, we can be also, we can all be in reactive mode, particularly in our relationship where we go with the flow but how do you what do you and Brian have particular rules to make sure that you are still particularly now with with of course Lady Aya here do you have particular <laughs> rules around you know how you make time for each other do you have particular date nights do you always say right Friday nights are a night do you do anything like that I'm utterly ashamed to say no. <laughs> no absolutely <laughs> terrible. We definitely don't have um, we don't have a, a rhythm. I think, but um, I think we've been really lucky because we and we because we work together every day. Yes. So Brian runs his own consultancy called Human, and they do a lot of amazing stuff. But he also is our chief technical officer and chiefy. So we work together pretty much every day and are obviously with COVID are, are very much like seeing lots of each other actually it's funny we were laughing saying we probably saw more of each other when we worked in the same office because we would be like both be in studio together whereas at home we're kind of more because we're minding our we're playing tag team yes yeah I think we just like actually one thing that's made such a huge difference to us and that is amazing is we've an incredible group of friends and they're all together so I, I've always found this I always find it really hard I would find it really tough if Brian had his friends and I had my friends yeah whereas we have this amazing gang where we all have all grown up together in various guises and have this real connection where it's like you know his best friend one of his best friends happens to be married to one of my best friends and so it means that our social life stays really connected yes but we we really make time for each other though actually like I yeah it's it's a natural it's a natural thing rather than something that you have to consciously make time for I love the idea of a formal date night. I do. And I definitely think that's such a nice thing to have. I guess for us, it's just really making sure that because we're really passionate about work and I am, and we've got all these things going on, that there's still this, you know, this time for us. But yes, that's really course. important that we, yeah, we still make it. And of course, dare I ask, do you, yeah. do you and Brian have really annoying habits that wind each other up? <laughs> Oh, I'm sure we do. Um, I have to, yeah, what is mine? Probably talking my think before Brian because I'm really, really interested 
interested in how the world works and thinking and about you know and like talking about people and emotions and feelings brains always teasing me and like when I'm on my phone he's like are you talking to your friends on the internet again I'm like your friends I on the internet because <laughs> I love I, like I guess you can't ever talk about this without talking about Instagram which I'm so passionate about I've like Instagram has been this amazing force for good in, in my life of connecting with all these amazing people all over the world. Of course. Hi, oh, are you having a give out? She's are giving you? out about She's your, your, your internet test. friends. <laughs> she is. Um, so I really, I guess like I, I love that. And, but probably I am, I spend way too much time on my phone, I'm sure. I, you know, the screen reports that tell you how yep. much time you're on. I'm like, I can't I even just look actually, at mine anymore because no, I'm no, ashamed. Honestly, no, yeah, no. Can you, I'm just, they're desperate. I 100% can't look at mine. Shoopy, this has been a really, really beautiful conversation. And it just really goes to show just the, I suppose, the, the, the beauty of a relationship, you know, the, the reality and it's been great yeah. to have baby Aya with us as well today I'm so glad <laughs> that we have this that she could be here to contribute it's fantastic and we wish you all the very very best if anybody is looking for their whether it's their engagement ring their wedding band their eternity ring or a beautiful gift please 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 check out Chupi. thank you so much Chupi. you're very kind thank you so much for having me thanks for listening to Real Weddings with Zara Thanks to producer Ruth Devaney, voiceover extraordinaire Phil Cawley and Pink Champagne Wedding Band for our Cool Finds jingle. Join me next week where we will be chatting to another top guest to get the scoop about their wedding day and married life. Until then, you can find me at Irish Wedding Blog on social media channels. <laughs>